Jody, another week. I'm so looking forward to this one. Yeah, mate. I'm always looking forward to this now. My speaking to my favorite Dutch triathlete. <laughs> thinking about the Instagram post of the week we've got and the bullshit buster, I think this is going to be the best episode yet. How do you feel? What yeah, you think definitely. You guys are going to love our Instagram post of the week this week. It's an absolute <laughs> cracker. He's so cocky though, wasn't he? That guy. Yes, this was uh, pretty nuts. <laughs> Hang in there. Uh, first, uh, let's start off with uh, the week. How's it been? Uh, it's been all right, mate, but um, I've definitely got a big low for this week. The boiler, our boiler packed up last night. So as you can see, I'm in a coat trying to keep warm inside. It's like the bloody Himalayas out here, mate. <laughs> Is it that bad? It, do you really like need to wear gloves in bed and all that kind of stuff? Oh, I don't know. I only went this morning, but probably not in the room because we've got, a, we've got an, like an electric heater thing we could use if we needed to. But I like a cold room to sleep in anyway. So at least I'll be sleeping like a baby. What about what about shower then? Cold shower? Yeah, you have to shower at the gym, mate. I had to today. Ooh. Like, don't fancy that cold shower. Do, can you top it up with a high? Have you got like a massive high of the week that you can top up a cold shower? Um, I haven't really got a massive high to be honest. I've not really had had a great week. Um, that bell, that bell in the in the background. What's that? Oh, that's my dog scoffing his food. Like, uh, sorry about that. If you can hear that, <laughs> he's uh, absolutely let, clearing up. Let me tell you one thing about this podcast. First of all, the preparation. Joe, give us a little insight in the preparations in the podcast. Yeah, we get like messages sent to Triathlon Mockery saying you've left people off like your race previews and stuff. It's like, guys, like <laughs> when we, we don't claim to be A1 prep, do we? Like we literally just get it set up. Have We have an idea of the order we're going to go through stuff. But we just go through the, the start list. And to be honest, we looked at the top 10, top 15, and we thought if you're not in the top 10, top 15 on the start list, then you don't warrant a mention. We're sorry if we offended anyone. <laughs> no, it's not only that. It's like every subject, all the preparation, um, we, we still need to grow into it a little bit. And our main but prep think, is more about Instagram story of the week, isn't it? It's the it? Instagram post like of the week and like, the bullshit yeah. buster. That's, the, that's, that's what, what takes the most time. It's the bullshit buster and the Instagram story of the week. Like the races and uh, the roundups and everything, they're like, they come second, don't they, to all that? It's just a bit to uh, get to watch that uh, 45 minutes, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Well, what's your week, highs and lows then? I want to hear yours. I bet yeah, you've got some, haven't you? I've got a massive, massive low. I've been bullied at the swim pool by the kids so you wonder how did this yeah what they do to you how did it get worse than last well, time because that was bad um, then wasn't it i just molded into the pack so i thought over the last two weeks just the kids and the odd old guy with a little bit of chest hair what happened was i was in the lane with one of the popular kids imagine you're at high school you always have the popular kids you have the popular girls you have the boys um, you have like the little bit the mid pack, and you've got the nerds. Would you be in like the American school system where you know someone's been held back for three or four years then, and like he should have graduated like in I don't know 2015, but he's Every, still in high school. Exactly, these Adam Sandler kinds of movies, <laughs> Adam, that, that yeah. kind of stuff. <laughs> so you're Adam Sandler in the swim <laughs> club. <laughs> I have Adam Sandler in the same swim club. So last week we had to do Monday's already always a really tough session, so we had to do something like i think it was 400s and loads of 200s and very short rest and the guy in my lane he is the pretty boy he was the oldest till this old fucker showed up and um he won he is kind of the popular guy and i was always in his lane with him and i thought we're like you know the cool guys under each other uh having a bit of banter but not really um 
so we did the swim set and then he started to complain the whole time through the set. And it was the week before that I asked him what his goals was, what, why he was at the swim club and what he wanted to improve. He's from uh, uh, Brazil, by the way. Roof, <laughs> roof. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Bruno, that's why he doesn't, that's why he's giving you jit, mate. Because he knows you've hurt no. his brother's feelings. Bruno. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all conne- it's all connecting now. Um, anyway, um, so he was complaining and he wanted to become a great swimmer. But then I said to him, I said, mate, you need to stop fucking complaining. If you want to be a great, great swimmer, you need to start grinding and just got the hard chest and just do it. Just get it done. And even you're, though you're in short distance and he thinks 400 is for long distance athletes and blah, blah, blah. I said, mate, you might as well stop right now, play with the Barbies, but give it up on swimming. Because if you don't put the hard work in, it's not going to happen. And apparently it pissed him off because... In that session, it wasn't really strange. But the sessions after that, every time I showed up at the pool, till this day, all the cool kids are in one lane. So imagine, we used to have four lanes. And in every lane, you'd have something like four people in it. So it would be equally divided over the lanes. The second day, so I showed up on Tuesday after that I gave him that rampage. I showed up and there was one lane with nine people. And it was the cool lane. And I was in one lane with another guy, and he's the nerd. Now, I'm there for swimming, not to make any friends. But I was like, this is kind of strange, isn't it? Like Next time, sudden- mate, if he starts at the front of his lane, you start at the front of his lane, in them recoveries, the junkyard dog needs to come out. You need to stare <laughs> at him in the eye and bark at him like the doggy is. The thing is, though, he's he's pretty. Uh, he's a great swimmer. He's pretty talented, and uh, I would not swim him. But I think uh, that the junkyard dog might come in handy. But literally, this is like a school, a high school kind of thing. I stopped. I, I started ignoring him. Two of the cool guys showed up in my lane today, especially after they heard that I was 28 last week. That I got a car and I could buy him booze. So um, I'm uh, I'm I'm about to uh, turn things over at the pool. <laughs> Let's. Quickly, and what's the high then? What was the high? Uh, or have you not really got one? You haven't really got one, have you, as well? <laughs> we're always so negative, aren't we? Yeah, we we're like just... Complain, complain we're really happy people, aren't we? <laughs> We've got no highs, we just uh, have lows. <laughs> a high for me would be that I'm really starting to really get into the grind of the swim, bike, run thing, swimming a lot. Bora Boy's back as of today, so I've got my uh, cycling pal. Weather is great. Let's anyway. first give people a warning. Joe and I are not really into WTS, but we do want to talk a little bit about things that we, well, especially Joe has seen and he wants to talk through. So basically, I was watching them this week and I started off watching the men's race and uh, there was a little bit of a breakaway at the start and then it got like, they chased them down. And what I don't understand is every time I watch one of these men's races or whatever, there's always people that ride flat out on the front, chasing them down. They can't run. They finish 20th at best every week. And what I don't understand is if you are getting beaten consistently every week in a draft legal race, there's something not turn a switch in your head and you think, hey, this week I'm going to try a different tactic. Instead of riding on the front, towing everyone around to run up, run away from me, why don't I try and get in a breakaway? And they never seem to attack. They just ride hard on the front, towing people around. It's almost like they're going for a time trial and they're trying to set a fast time. But surely the aim in that racing is just to beat the others. Well, in any race, is to get the highest position possible. And what I don't understand is why, even when they're in a massive group and there's no one behind, no one up the road, they still ride through and off as if they're like trying to ride through for a fast time. Why don't you sit up, try and slow it down so you can attack and get away in a breakaway and then you've got a buffer starting the run. They just never seem to attack. 
And when they do attack, they're not with any intent. It's like they just ride hard at like, I don't know, 450 watts, 500 watts for like 30 seconds or something. It's like someone's easily going to jump on your wheel. They just don't hit it hard. That was my That's my gripe with the men's racing. The women's racing, on the other hand, it's a lot more interesting, I think. Like, there's actually attacks at the moment. They break away on the swim. Like, I had to fast through the men's race. I thought it was boring, to be honest. Um, the women's race was good. I watched that. Um, but my big thing with the women's racing is Lucy Charles, if she wants to qualify for um, for the Olympics. I mean, she was seventh Brit in there in 12th place. So 12th place, not too bad, but seventh Brit. And the big problem with what I've seen with Lucy is she can't ride around a corner in uh, in them style of racing. Because like, she uh, came out of the water front pack and then on the bike, she lost like one and a half minute in. Uh, she, got she got dropped, dropped and then lost like one and a half. But she's getting dropped run. on corners um, that aren't even that bad. You know, we're talking corners where they've done a few cones and it's like a one eighty turn or something like that. Some of them are even like ninety degree ones. You just lean it in, you go around. And I think I was watching this and I was thinking, well, Lucy's aiming to like qualify for the Olympics and stuff, and you know she's. Uh, She's getting dropped on the corners and, and that. And I think, like, what she needs to do, I think, in my opinion, what I think Lucy needs to do is there's two things here. One of them, I think she needs to um, do some cyclocross races. Obviously, there's no crit races on the moment, but cyclocross over the winter would be great. If you can ride fast on the cyclocross, then you get around the corners, you're going to have no problem going around corners on the road. Secondly, she's got loads of money. I think she could do with getting a sports car and taking it on a few track days or something like that or going around the track, you know. To get used the, to the, the speed. Racing lines are the same, aren't they? And the car is on the bike. Get yourself a Lotus Elise or something like that, L- Lucy. Take it down <laughs> Brands Hatch, I don't know, whatever racetrack you've got near you, Snetterton, come up here. And for a few laps around there, you know, you could even take Reese around, see what he's got. Or get on a mountain bike and ride with somebody that is technically technically really strong and just follow the pace line. Exactly. Do that. Because that's get, really how you do that. On get on the racetrack, you know, have a nice little car where you can go around on your race. At Even rest in days. Ironman racing, so, most triathletes are used to sitting in the aerobars for 180 Ks. Their cornering and technique is so shit. Like, honestly, what, what I see, what people lose on, on, for example, hilly courses with loads of technical stuff in it, is, uh, it's insane. Yeah, yeah, Especially definitely. the sense when it goes up to, uh, to fast speed, it's uh, crazy. And uh, you could gain loads for it or, or get away. But I think with her, it's going to be, that's a, that is such a big one. Because at the moment, because the British team is so strong, if she doesn't prove her technical ability, she's definitely not going to be going to the Olympics. Because there's three girls that are making the lead pack every time. So even when Lucy, if Lucy say swims really hard and breaks up, if she was from another nationality, it might not be so bad, you know, because there might only be one girl in the lead breakaway and she could go back to the other group, outrun them, you know, and still finish second or third from that country. But at the moment for the Brits, certainly, you've got like Sophie Coldwell, you've got um, Taylor Brown, you've got Jessica Learman. So if she gets dropped from that lead group and then three are staying up the road, she's at best, she's only going to be fourth Brit and only at best three will go. So she's not going to qualify for the Olympics. So sorting out that bike handling is a massive, massive priority for her. You know, if she wants to go to Olympics, she has to sort that out. Like she physically, she's good enough, I believe. Anyway, I think she's like solid across the board. She's fast runner, but she just needs to sort of technical ability out. Lucy, slide in our DM on Triathlon Mockery and uh, we'll get you a... Slide in our DMs, course. get yourself a nice track car and we will accompany you at the track. You can leave Reese at home, you know. Do you reckon she listens <laughs> to the podcast? Of course she will. It's got to be good to get in a break from Reese, isn't it, for 45 minutes? Oh, I guess so, yeah. He's probably on his 5k PB run. Well, he's probably talking about it, yeah. He's probably getting ready to post up that he's planning on doing it at some point. All right, let's get over to the biggest race of the weekend, Ironman Florida. 
And I want to start off with the female pro field because I actually thought the men's race was pretty boring after it was settled on the bike. Um, but amazing results, though. Let's start off with the female because female racing. So many stuff happened during the race. I think that is typically an Ironman race. You had people on the front, like multiple people, and so you could be 10 minutes back, seven minutes back, and still win the race. People faded. It was just an awesome race. Don't that women's race, I thought was amazing. Yeah. I'd yeah, written Heather Jackson off, like at one point. I thought she's too far behind. I thought Imogen Simmons has got this. I thought Heather Jackson at best, third or fourth. Like for people that didn't follow the race, I think she got out the swim about 10 or 11 minutes behind, something like that. And I think mm -hmm. she lost a bit more time. Or did she keep right about the same as she got off the bike about? Was it about 10 minutes, seven, 10 minutes? They cut off, They got off the bike and they were almost I think seven she, minutes Yeah, down. she caught up a bit towards the end, didn't she, the bike? Like last hour, exactly. I think she took a bit of time, yeah. So, but there was like, how many was there within seven minutes off the bike? Six or seven people within seven minutes? Yeah, something. so you had Sarissa de Vries at the front, Imogen Simmons was about two minutes back, and then uh, there was a, uh, a little pack. And uh, I thought Imogen Simmons was going to win that on the run. And even up until like halfway, she was looking good, but she just uh, mm -hmm. faded, didn't she? She just blew. Swim, let's start off with the swim. Swim was incredibly slow. There was loads of currents, waves, jellyfish, sharks, turtles, whatever. That would have given was. me nightmares, that swim. Being in the water for nearly an hour. Whoa. Oh, can no, you imagine? God, I don't Most want that. If you didn't swim one hour, I would be in there for maybe one and a half. I, <laughs> I would probably need some help from the lead kayak to get back on land. Um, also, yeah. just while we're quickly on that long swim, I mean, what did what happens to the age groupers? Because obviously, imagine if you miss that cutoff by say thirty seconds, you're going to be pissed, aren't you? Because you know the swim's massively long, but they're going to stop you from carrying on the bike and the run. So what's, what's, what's the swim cutoff time? Normally? It's two twenty. Two twenty. So shit loads didn't make the cutoff. So if you didn't make oh, the cutoff right. by twenty or thirty seconds, and bearing in mind the pro men are swimming ten minutes slower, so for an age grouper around that pace, it's got to be twenty five minutes probably slower than what it would have normally been. So they would have probably done a 155, well under. What do you, what do, you do in that appeal? Get your money back? Because obviously, if they've done it that long... I don't long, know. Maybe, maybe I'd be, they got... I'd be well pissed off. Wow. Can you imagine that you're swimming out there as an age group and you look at your clock and you're like, what the hell? Two hours and 10 minutes? And you've, still, and you've still got half a lap left. <laughs> and you're not even... Oh, right. Away. I guess I'm not going to make the cut off. Well, I might as well make the most of it. <laughs> <laughs> 10K open water swim. Yeah. Um... <laughs> But yeah, so, for well, the, uh... female racing, we had Sarissa de Vries uh, from the front, uh, the dark horse from uh, the... Netherlands. You were loving she that, weren't a... you? Dutch girl flying the flag for you. I bet you were like, <laughs> I bet you can believe it. Well, she uh, honestly, up until halfway the marathon, she said she struggled then to get the nutrition in and faded really bad. So, but up until then, she had an awesome race. She raced 180K solo from the front and she was... Uh, uh, I think riding away from the others who were riding with others. So I think that's pretty strong. Um, and she ran it close to three hours in Almera. So she's a great runner, but obviously it wasn't her day. Um, Imogen caught her halfway, I think about 15 Ks into the run, something like that. Then towards, I think, 25 to 26 Ks, she started to fade. Sky Munch and Heather Jackson ran just incredible, 2.58. And I think uh, Sky Munch just three hours and uh, managed to like uh, come in, uh, I think, first and second. Um, there was a German girl who came in third, uh, Zimmermann. Zimmermann. Oh, Zimmermann. 
Laura Zimmermann. <laughs> German mate, not Zimmermann. Yeah. <laughs> Zimmermann. Um, now let's get over to the men's racing. Um, what did you think of the race results and what do you think of Gustav Eden's marathon? His well, his marathon was outstanding. 234 for the first for the for his first Ironman is incredible. Um, but in terms of the race results, what um was a shame. First of all, was the fact that Jan wasn't in the race as well. Because I think it, looking totally. at how Gustav went and how the race panned out, I think it would have been amazing if Jan was in there because it would have added a slight different dynamic because it would have been good if Jan was there because I think he would have swam off the front. And then you might have had, say if he got out the water with a two-minute lead on those guys, two and a half, three minutes, it would have made a really interesting dynamic because Gustav probably wouldn't have wanted to sit in too much because he wouldn't want Jan to start the run with too much of a lead, so it would have forced him to work a bit harder. They might have ended up catching Jan. They couldn't have messed around too much, which would have made a really interesting marathon. But in terms of how Gustav raced it, he got it absolutely spot on. You know, I saw, I watched most of this race, and coming out of transition, he it looked like he hit it pretty hard to put the others under pressure who had bad transitions. Um, Lionel, Camworth, and the others, they caught him pretty quickly, um, so it didn't really come to nothing, but at least he tried, you know, and it probably made them burn a few matches. But then it was a shame that Cam pulled out 50Ks in and obviously wasn't feeling good because he maybe might have spiced it up a little bit, but obviously it wasn't his day. But then when he did pull out, what amazed me was the fact that Lionel was just prepared to sit on the front and ride a pretty hard pace, as well as that Callan, instead of actually playing it a bit more tactical. Like I would have liked to have seen them when one of them was on the front, just letting the gap go a little bit. You know, letting it go out, letting it go out to the, to one of the other riders to so say if like Callum was on the front line or just sits up, lets that gap go out and see how Gustav reacts. Does he close the gap? Does he stay sitting in? Because at the end of the day, the way they were going to beat Gustav was to make him work on the bike. But Gustav's idea was, I'm not going to work because it's my first Ironman and I'm going to play it by ear. You know, I want to see how it goes. And he's obviously going to back his run because he, we've seen what he does over the half distance. You know, he runs incredible half half marathon times. So what the others needed to do was they needed to force Gustav's hand and they needed to get him on the front. So they needed to let others go. If they did try and attack, instead of riding a solid pace on the front, you know, I don't know what power they were doing, but say it was 300, 320, you're never going to drop him because he's getting a benefit sitting in the pace line. So they, they needed to hit it really hard for like short periods of time, let others go, force Gustav onto the front to try and tire him out. Gustav shared his power data from the Ironman on Strava. He shares all this data and he averaged out 255 watts. Yeah, I, I saw it. So but indeed, he just played it really smart. He played he? it smart, but the others let yeah. him play it like that. And I don't know exactly. why they let him play it like that because there's no way you would want to be towing Gustav around to the start of the marathon. If you want to win that race, I mean, if you're happy with second or third, all right, fair enough. You know, don't make, waste your energy doing that. But if you want to win the race, how does it make any sense that you would let Gustav sit in in second or third wheel. Do you know what I mean? I know he's never done a marathon before, but you knew the potential was there. If he got it right, he was going to run quick, and he got it right, mm -hmm. and he did a fantastic marathon. But you wouldn't be surprised that he ran a fantastic marathon because we've it, all seen his pedigree over the other distances. It would have been a, I would say, open course world record if it was a normal swim, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, 10 minutes faster. So, and same, Lionel would have done a fantastic time as well. Lionel would exactly, have been like Lionel as well. 
Like, um, so it is, um, yeah, an incredible debut. Like, honestly, and that Callin, who was third, I mean, he blew up a bit on the run, but you know, he he got he started the run ahead and then was bloody lost in the portal. I think. I mean, I watched it and he was he was in there for ages. The others uh, overtook him. Someone else who had a great race, uh, but had a bit of bad luck on the bike was YouTube star The Big Mets. Oh, Big Mets. Like, I saw, I was watching this, and he came flying through the girls' field, and they go, oh, Big Mets is carrying on here. Uh, and he was flying along, you know, like, fair play to him for carrying on. He was stuck exactly. on course and for about an hour, something like that. Yeah, he had a uh, mechanical, and he had something. He needed support. Anyway, he ran a 2.42 marathon, which is um, really, really good, especially if you take into account that he kind of wasn't really running for any money anymore. Well, he so. did get in the money. got ninth in the end. Yeah, true, but like mentally, mentally kind of that would be horrendous. Like he was way behind the women's field. That was how I saw him on TV because yeah. at halfway into the the women were coming up to start their second lap, and he was only running through them. So to get top ten after being that far back because of a mechanical was was decent, you know. Um, the race looked great. I was actually taught Texan like Sam Long during a bit of it, and we were both saying we would love to have been a part of that. Like the way it was, the dynamic. I. I it really motivated me, and I would have loved to have been joined in that race. I think it would have been really fun. How does um, Gustav Eden's his marathon time motivate you to get back after it? Does oh, it? definitely. And uh, um, you, you, you want to make sure you drop him, don't you, in St. George? I won't be letting him sit mm. in. Like, no way. Like, if he's sitting in, I'm sitting in. <laughs> There's no it's, way. It's um, these kind of guys that pushes uh, the sport to a next level for you guys. Um, awesome you're part race. of it mate you're part of it I'm part of it but I'm watching it if you had the... to bet money right so if, would you have beat Heather Jackson on the weekend on the weekend is that a question yeah would you have beaten her like looking at the time I think did... looking at her time it's an awesome time but what do you me... think you would have done you would have been top 10 to men's when you were looking at that they were over um... an hour behind Tom you've got a fancy chances all right, let me quickly. Uh, so first, if I would wear a wig and a skirt um, on a bad day, I always run close to three hours. Um, so let me see what the girls Oh, you'd have done it then because you'd have bought Yeah, I, I would have. You'd have won it if you'd have wigged a skirt. Money, and indeed, the first prize trophy, probably if I had a good day um, in the women's field. In the men's field, though, many people faded. It's crazy. Fifth one, um, fifth. Fifth place, forty-five minutes back. Wow, that's uh, that's crazy, isn't it? Seventh place is an hour. Some an big hour PTO points being dished out for the top three there, I reckon. Oh, definitely, definitely. So um, let's go on to the main subject. The people want to hear the funny stuff, don't they? They want to get to it. They've listened to Taron. They listen to Taron for training and results and all that kind of stuff, don't they? He's the one in the know. We we we're, we're far less superior than him. Yeah, that. we are, that's not our forte. Are, just a bit of this, a bit of that. This week we're going to talk about base training because um, we've just started training again, and we wanted to go, let you guys know what we're doing and what we think of base training, and especially because sometimes um, what I think is that certain athletes are way too serious about base training, especially beginning age groupers. So what I mean to say with that is. We start off training again. Um, what I do right now is first off trying to build up the volume a little bit, not that much intensity on the bike and on the run, but first building it loads and just taking it really easy. 
And your coach is um, Ryan Bolton, isn't it? So this is, guys, you need to take this seriously. This is the next Sam Long talking now. You you thought Sam Long was good. You haven't seen nothing yet. The mozzarella is coming for him. Give it 18 months and, you know, he's going to be a household name. Fastest run of the day, Ironman Florida, Heather Jackson, Ryan Bolton. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, what, what I see is that age groupers, for example, then they'll ask me, Hey, it's a base endurance ride. How many Watts? What heart rate? I think stuff like that just needs to do based on feel just just go out for, for example, two hours, three hours. You just ride it based on feel you run it based on, do you have a, um, you, you, you must not want the watch to go under a certain amount though, don't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you want to keep it. Like you don't want it too easy, do you? you don't want it's not like a ride to the shops, is it? You know, or no, you commute, don't want to. You don't want to like come home and your, your your clothes are all dry and and that would be a recovery spin. But just like a run, for example, a base endurance run, you want it to be conversational but still like running fairly. Comfortable. Unless the person's pissing you off, and then just put, you know, put a dig in, step put on the gas a bit, you know, step step in the gas, like put put a bit of a dig in, like <laughs> basically, you want to go out with people that aren't annoying. If they're annoying you, you're just going to end up running zone three because when they start talking, you're just going to up it to so they shut up and concentrate on their form. How often, if you do an easy run or ride, you look at what power am I doing? What heart rate? What, what What's my tempo right now? Oh, all the time, mate. I love the numbers. I love the numbers. <laughs> all the time. I have power on there. I have heart rate. You know, I've got all the stuff. I'm listening to podcasts, listening to music. I've got music blaring in my ears. I'm looking at my power, making sure it's not too low. You know me, mate. Like I love that. I love a number. I know you're loving number, but I, I, I do. That's know why that you always moan at me when we've been like when we're in New Zealand. You say, "Oh God!" Like you, you, <laughs> you say, <laughs> "What was it you were saying when we were doing the long rides?" You know, on the tribus, you didn't want to go out with me too much, did you, in Switzerland? Because you said it would burn you out, didn't you, before the race? Um, because, well, first of all, your because your race space is probably around 310 320 watts whereas mine is about 380 390 but you write your easy rides already at 250 watts in combination with that you're more aero means that i have to ride at like 270 watts so if i'm doing a course recon of i'm in switzerland five days before the race i'm not going to ride 100 100 k's plus above uh, or just under race space it would be mega stupid michael the wheel did that and you know it turns out all right for him where in Lake Placid. All right. Yeah, well, fair enough then. But uh, I wouldn't advise it to everybody. Right. Um, well, That's anyway, Tom's take on base training. What else is there? What's your what's take on then? Mate, I, um, so I, I just do, yeah, I mean, uh, I do quite a bit of tempo stuff, to be honest, to be honest during uh, the winter, especially this year, you know, now, like, because I find it works really well for me. So my, mine is a lot around, like, I don't know, close to 90%, you know, FTP, 87 to 95 kind of thing, percent. Um, Not normally up to 95, though, that would be like the higher end. Um, But like just in, you know, um, some of my long rides, not many, like one or two a week, I do that. So it's above Ironman pace, probably like 70.3 power. Um, But I just build up the uh, time I'm spending at that that zone. Um, And then, yeah, and then like the steady stuff I do around it, I just try and get a decent amount of volume in really. Uh, but where it doesn't impact the harder sessions. But I mean, I'm not training too hard at the moment because we've got, I, I want to be in peak form in May. So I'm doing a decent amount of tempo, but stuff in like the running and the and uh, the bike. And uh, I'm doing some threshold run sets on the track. But it's all about making sure I don't get too carried away until like after Christmas when I can start ramping it up. Because I think the problem is at this time of year, if you're training hard, 
is you could quite easily overdo it before the season starts because we've got six months. It's a hell of a long time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you just want to be getting fit, but not overdoing it. And once you get to January, then start to like really like look at upping it, going on a train, going on some more training camps and stuff like that. Um, but I just wing it to be honest, guys. You know, you, you you're asking the wrong person. I'm uncoached. I'm uncoachable. I'm like an old dog, you know, and you can't teach them new tricks. I've said it time and time again, you know. I'm a lost <laughs> cause. Don't don't listen to me on training advice. You know, you're, you're far better. If somebody is always training way too hard, it's but Joe Skipper. I would like to do age group manager. You know, we've said it. I ask, would like to try and take Stu someone Hayes, on age group ask manager. Ask Hayes, what is Joe Skipper doing? Just three days before and uh, 70.3 Dubai, he was just riding around labs at Al-Qudra or something, 43Ks an hour. And he'd yeah, be but like, 43Ks oh, an hour around that. This is a recovery pace for me. There's like 200 watts around <laughs> there. But um, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, we want to do age group manager, don't we, Tom, at some point? Like that is definitely in the pipeline. We mentioned it on the first podcast and quite a few people said they were interested. If you haven't heard the podcast and you're thinking, what the hell is age group manager? It's like football manager on the computer games where you get it and basically, but our rules for age group manager are, they're not allowed to do over like 10 hours a week or eight hours, think, eight hours a week. Do you think our age group manager is a thing we should together and compete with, for example, um, uh, my motive? Yeah, I want to try and get someone to do under 10 hours a week and try and get as close to nine hours for an Ironman as they can. And if you get if you coach them and they're doing more than 10 hours, you get you get time added on to their time because it's not fair. You cheated. You know, you can't get someone who says, oh, yeah, coach me, Tom. I'll do like nine and a half hours and then like, but he's DMing you and, you know, he's said that to to both of us, like, I want Tom to coach me. I'm only going to do nine and a half hours. And then behind my back, he DMs you and says, Tom, it's a load of bollocks. I'm going to do 16 hours, but we won't tell Joe. That's cheating. If I find out you're getting, you're getting 60 minutes added on every hour you average over 10 hours is 10 minute time penalty because it's not fair. So you've got to be exactly. under 10 hours a week. You can't, we, we, don't, we need to, um, we need to work this. Uh, we don't this want some out. racing snake. who's doing 25 hours a week to get nine hours. Cause that's, 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 that's going to be easy. We want hard challenge, 10 out, sub 10. You've got no more than 10 hours a week average. And uh, it would be my person who I coach versus Tom's person who he coaches. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll have a prize or something from some at the end of it. Or, if you beat him. Or what we could do is get someone from a totally different thing. Like, the my motive yeah or athletes. we take saw... on someone from who taron's coach and taron can coach someone do the my motive thing um what is that my motive thing tom like give us I a little know. breakdown I on saw, it i just saw something last week um post like basically it's train easy sign race up fast. for my motive athlete ambassador and um we want to take on so we want to take on another podcast maybe we could add iron man talk in there as well or like fitter radio and we can like show them how it's done boys you know sub 10 sub 10 hours training Sub nine hours race. The kind of athletes we want then is the beer drinking, bullshit busting, Instagram post of the week kind of athletes that only wants to train now nine hours a week. Yeah, we don't want. We want someone that love lives life to the full. They're out on a not, Saturday, not someone, but they're, they're smashing watts on a Sunday. For an, not someone who's going out for an easy run and it's constantly like, "What's my heart rate? What's my cadence? What what power am I doing?" Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> well, we do want that a bit because we do want to beat that other thing. <laughs> All right. Um, next, then it is well, well, the bullshit well, buster. Well, oh, this is a good one. This is a good one towards the bullshit buster. Now, here is a little disclaimer: the bullshit buster is technically what Joe and I think is nonsense, and we uh, invented the bullshit buster first of all 
to kind of take the age groupers into protection from them. The triathlon sport is already super expensive and we don't want you to spend loads of money on a lot of bullshit. And some stuff we just want to take the piss out of because it looks horrific, doesn't it? You know, I know. we're probably ruining our chances. We're getting sponsored by them. Like, uh, so our bullshit buster this week is... Well, 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 well let me... <laughs> oh, here we go. Tom wants to announce it. Tom was the one that thought of this um... one. Yeah, let's 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 call it. Let's not really uh, call out companies, but let's call it um, close blood glucose monitoring. Yeah. So basically, we think that they're a bit. You know, it tells you. You know, the things that you see on people's arm tells them how much when they need to eat a Snickers and all that kind of stuff. If they've had too, you know, too much decaf coffee and not put in like sugars and stuff in it. Basically, monitors their blood glucose and tells you when you need to eat that basically and and the essence of the product is so you pay about 150 euros per month you've got this sensor on your arm and it tells you indeed what your glucose and it's doing and it would you in the perfect case tell you how to change your nutrition optimize race fueling prefer um, um so you won't bonk uh optimize recovery and I'm really curious, Joe, why don't you think that's going to help you? Um, it, it may well help you, but at the end of the day, like, you know, when you, when you want something. But my biggest gripe with this bullshit buster isn't so much the scientific aspect of it. It's just the fact that it looks so flipping uncool. You know, you've got this, like, horrendous thing on the back of your arm telling you, like, you know, what diabetics have, telling you when you need to eat sugar. I mean, can you imagine if you're a single bloke, you're in your mid-20s and you're in a bar, and uh, you're on the pool. You've just done the junkyard dog to your mates before you've gone into the pub. You're, so you're fully you're, psyched up. You're, you're fully you want, psyched up. I'm going to take some of the goodies home tonight. You're at the bar. You've seen a really nice looking girl. You've been chatting to her. The chemistry's going well. You're thinking, yes, this is my night. I'm in here. And then she and then, spots wait, your wait, blood glucose thing. And, and she spots it. All right. I'll be, I'll be the lady. Hey, Joe, what's that? Oh, that that's uh my blood glucose level it tells me you know when i need to take on more sugars and when i've had too many are you sick then no no i'm not sick i'm training for a sub 11 hour iron man you know so i need all the help i can get really what what does it tell you then do you want another beer by the way oh no i can't have another beer my blood glucose is far too high for that uh, i'll just have a water please tap water as well you sound like a really <laughs> exciting dude. <laughs> and then she's gone. She's gone. It was all going well until the blood glucose thing came along. Look, if you're in, if you're, if you're a single guy, don't do it to yourself. You'll be, you will be single for far longer than you hope to be. Trust and me. To be honest, there are a couple of things that I think. Uh, and what are you going to do anyway? If you did have it on, are you going to ignore it on a night out? And then you're just going to carry on drinking anyway or whatever. Or you go out and you know your mates and you want to go to a pizza, you know, an Italian. Oh, I can't have a pizza. My blood glucose monitor. You're wasting there, your money then, aren't you, if you don't listen to it? There are a couple of things about it. I think, first of all, it can only make you feel bad about yourself. Because can you can you say at a certain point, oh, wow, I have such awesome blood glucose levels. I'm really into it. I, I think you can only point out the negative things like, oh, shit, it's spiking. And it takes away the shine of a great training one thing it does say is it screams out ladies i'm an ironman triathlete and i take what i do seriously and ask me about <laughs> what i've got um 
then is um i think it's kind of pointless as in do, are you really going to go off what a meter says so during a race uh well you you, you don't really have live data right now do you so for example you're up you can in, get oh yeah you, yeah. you can't get it because you need your phone with you don't you but if yeah. you did get it yeah like are you not going to attack on the bike because your blood glucose thing's a bit low at that point you know you might have been feeling good and you might have been thinking right i'm going to drop in a watt bomb up this climb and try and separate myself from the others oh no, can't, blood glucose is level, I need to wait and have another Snickers and I'll maybe see what it's like in 20 minutes time and then try it. You know, you you just get out of touch with it, don't you? You just start to act like a robot and in the end, 150 euros to see a month to see when or what that Snickers did to you and whether you need any more, it's just a whole lot of money. And I think an age grouper would have, would benefit more if someone would go to a nutritionist uh or spend it on race wheels whatever a nutritionist and a physio a month you could see couldn't you yeah. you could basically be an employee uh, say you employ a nutritionist for 50 pounds a month to do it you could basically get one nutritionist and you could get two physio like two massages a month for the price and, of that that i think that, that would um definitely outperform knowing whether and, when you need to eat sugars going back to that setting in the bar then you'd be she'd be what are you doing tomorrow well having the meeting with the team and she'd be like the team who's the team <laughs> the nutritionist physio you know the whole shebang it's not just you and your monitor it's she might team. even oh, she, oh you like massage do you well yeah. i'm quite good at massage and then <laughs> hey, there you go <laughs> do you want another drink no yeah, I don't do you want another drink? <laughs> uh, yeah. hey you see that's that's how it goes. Anyway, that was uh, the bullshit buster. To me, this bullshit is busted. What about you? <laughs> this bullshit has been busted long ago. <laughs> um, now let's get on to the real juice and meat. <laughs> the real meat. Can I just say, what? Tom sent me this picture, and you will see it if you check out the triathlon mockery thing. And he said, here's one for the Instagram post of the week. And I'm looking at it. I've got my phone up like that, like... What, what what's wrong with it? I couldn't see. You look at this picture, and now I feel like you're such an idiot that I couldn't see. I sent it to Laura, my partner, and she noticed it straight away. I can't believe I didn't notice it. It's just staring right at me now. This dude is a total nutcracker. So we're going back. I've got this post, by the way, from someone in my DM. So we're finally, we're a podcast of the people. We're getting support by the crowd and let me quickly get over to the page because I want to tell the story behind it. It was the World Championships ITU duathlon last weekend and um, there was a guy, I don't want to, let's call him Bruno. Let's call him Bruno. Again. No, we, let's, we need to call him something else. He's American, isn't he? Let's call, what's the proper American name? Like Colin. Junior. Junior. Let's call him Colin. 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 So, Colin was doing his duathlon and he literally rode himself a hole in his tri suit and then he started to run. And on this picture, you see him running with his ball sack hanging out. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's nuts. Like anyway. his literally, his ball sack is hanging out front of his tri suit. So, like anyone who was spectating would be in full view. And literally, I think his cock isn't far off coming out. Like, is literally the hole's probably getting bigger while he's running. Here comes, here comes the story. So he was running with his ball sack hanging out, and then he was given a pot. 
<laughs> penalty. <laughs> his, be- his ball sack was hanging out and he had to stay in the penalty box. Then the race organization was getting him a pair of shorts. And then he ran again and he didn't even come in less. He catched up a few people. So he raced with his ball sacked out, hanged out. And then he had to get into uh, the penalty tent, did his time, got new pants and then ran again. That is awesome. And the one who sent me the pictures, by the way, he said um, he doesn't need any of the cocky rights. <laughs> I think that Colin is an absolute legend for carrying on like this. I mean, your yeah, balls are hanging out. People are looking. They get, he you must know have that... felt it, honestly. I mean, oh, he knew 100%, but he, he was in the zone, mate. The cold air breezing. If anyone asks you what this, what does being in the zone feels like, I can tell you that Colin would say it's when your balls are hanging out of your tri-suit and you don't even notice the breath of wind on them. That is when you're well and truly in the racing zone. Like To me, Colin epitomizes hard work, giving it everything. I don't give a shit. My balls are hanging out. My cock's about to fall out of my tri-suit, but the race is more important to me. You know the pictures are going to go on the internet because anyone who's got their camera out is definitely going to show their mates and post it up like look at this this guy's cock's hanging out of his suit colin doesn't care <laughs> finishing the race and trying to get on the podium is more important to colin hands down absolute champ this is, for me this is what's called totally wired and being in the zone and there must have been some spectators that thought let's get this on camera because this is unacceptable <laughs> <laughs> i think uh, colin I, would be the kind of guy you'd have on a training camp and you'd be getting a bit tired and he would be drilling you and be like you ain't tired yet we need to get out and get this session done you know i mean if he's carrying on racing like that you know that he's not going to let you have an easy day is he on training camp because oh, nothing not. bothers colin like he's going to train his ass off to win that he's race he's going to train his balls off before he starts. <laughs> head over to the head- triathlon mockery page and you can see the picture of what we're on about it's we're gonna we're gonna blur a bit of the balls because we don't want colin to uh we want him to go on the streets and not really be called a cocky guy or anything like that. Um, so we're going to blur a little bit, but just enough so you can see something is falling through the tri suit. So I think he rode the bike pretty hard as well. He rid himself a hole in it, and then the stuff just dropped out. I mean, tr- um, chaps to uh, to our man, woof woof to you. I Going think, on uh, about um, the Instagram posts as well. So I posted up this week that because um, this came to me that. I had a new sponsor and I did an influencer style Wait, post. wait, wait. This was the Instagram post of the week, the bonus one. I wanted to give the people a bonus Instagram post of the week. I almost fucking forgot. <laughs> so, <laughs> I knew you were going to try and shame me. So I was like, I'm yeah, going to get listen yeah, to play. A hundred percent. So let me first get on to into it. Uh, and I want to read a specific paragraph. First of all, it starts off with, this is Joe Skipper. This is me. You're co-host. writing out. This is the co-host of the Triathlon Mockery. I'm very excited to announce I've joined forces with Men Inc. for my personal care product. And I especially like this paragraph saying, um, using Men Cave is a great way to look after your skin and to keep yourself looking and feeling great. And I was like, all right, Joe, please pitch me 30 seconds what your skin routine is like. Give us, give us the crowd. Like, how do you work it? <laughs> mate you know that uh, my skin routine is not going to be up to yours but before uh, i go out on a ride you got to put the protective moisturizer on like i grew up with two sisters guys you know i'm not a fr- i'm fully in touch with my uh with my 
you know, sexuality and I'm not afraid to put moisturizers on, you know, I would go to say as far as I'm not someone that cleanses and tones my skin, you know, like your girlfriend would do. But I put moisturizer on, you know, I, I, I want to keep the wrinkles at bay, mate. You know, I'm in my 30s now. Who knows what will happen when I get to 40? Plus, Ironman training takes a, is a big demand, mate. So the bottom line is take care of your skin. Skin care is underrated. Be like Joe and or <laughs> be like Colin. Just train your fucking nuts out of your pants. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. It was another week. And uh, Joe, I want I just wanted to tell you that it would be great that um, we could get out to some more people, wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. It'd be awesome to get out to some more people. How do you reckon we need to do it? What do we need the people to do? I think if everyone would tell it to one friend, we'd be the biggest one in triathlon. How does that sound? <laughs> it sounds great. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next week. Bye. See ya.